Hello and welcome to Rounding the Bases, the Northwestern Baseball Podcast. We are back. We took a brief hiatus last week. Uh, we just had some difficulties recording and getting a crew together, but we're back this week. Northwestern, three weeks into their season, they're four and six. Lots to talk about, and I'm here with Noah Kaufman, who right now is the foremost expert on Northwestern baseball, having just been out to well, Atlanta, Georgia. Foremost expert on Northwestern baseball against Georgia Tech. Yes, oh, against Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair to say. So, Noah, I'm very happy to have you here. It's just the two of us sailing this week on rounding the bases, but we're very happy to be talking some Cats baseball. Um, we're recording this on a Tuesday. I'm sure if you're listening, you've seen this by now. Northwestern's home opener of the season against UIC was canceled. Again! Really, who could have <laughs> seen that coming? <laughs> who could have seen it coming? Yeah. I was, I mean, I was with the players, obviously, and everybody, from Friday, everybody yeah, knew. It was people, gonna be, people, people didn't even check the weather report. They were yeah, very aware it was yeah. going to be canceled. Just not ready to go. Northwestern will open their season at home. I will be shocked if they ever play that game. They get scheduled for another decade. I don't think they'll play it the, one time. The UIC, yeah, March I mean, 5th. They the, scheduled it the, the same time last they year, They did, right? and it didn't happen. Yeah, I don't hey, know. you know what? Wishful thinking, I respect that. Yeah, well, you're, you're going to catch a day at some point where it's just going to be 50 degrees randomly. And you have to play. play. You have to yeah, play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not great. Um, the midweeks will happen soon enough, but Northwestern, three games uh, in Atlanta, Georgia against Georgia Tech, a solid team that has some tournament experience in the last four years uh, out there under the very talented Danny Hall. Uh, and then this week, they'll be facing another Power 5 opponent, the SEC Missouri Tigers, who are not that spectacular. We'll get into them later, but a chance for Northwestern to maybe win a series We'll see, and then that's their second-to-last non-conference series. Again, their home opener, Big Ten opener against Purdue on the 22nd. So three weeks into the season, and Noah, before we hop into these games individually, I'll ask you, I kind of like doing this, Who's what's your, your big picture, stock up, stock down? Who Give me maybe two of each. Or who's looking good for Northwestern, and what's the feel you had for this team this weekend? There's a couple pretty easy stock ups here uh, in Quinn Lavelle and Nick Pichora just looking at that last game. I mean, anytime you throw nine innings of walkless one-run ball and strike out 12 guys, you're feeling pretty good about that from a team perspective. But I'd also say generally the Northwestern defense is a stock up um, because I don't just want to have those two guys in there. Um, Charlie Maxwell is still having his struggles, and I'll talk about that in a second. Obviously, third base is a really tough position to play, especially in the college game. Um, but just about everybody else looks really, really great out there. A couple of very nice plays, including Sean Gusenberg at second made four or five really great plays over the weekend, which is why he got both starts in the doubleheader. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't think there's anything wrong with Alex Arrow at all. It's just Gusenberg played so well in the first game of that doubleheader defensively that uh, Coach Allen decided to reward him with another start, and it paid off. So really good to see that, that defensive performance from this team. A couple nice plays in the outfield. Still don't have a ton of range out there in the corners when Ben Dickey's not playing. Tried Michael Troutwine out there in the first game. No egregious errors from him, but a couple not great routes. Uh, just something to be expected with a guy playing his first college game in the outfield. But regardless, I mean, there's no big holes in this defense at all, except for maybe at third, but I still have faith that Maxwell's going to keep improving. And that's a good thing. That's a really good thing to see because there were times this se last season when this team got screwed over by a couple of errors in a row. A couple of errors just mounting to a couple of runs or a couple of misplays. Not even errors, but especially in Big Ten play, there were games. <laughs> I did one of the games against Michigan where things were going along smoothly, close game, and all of a sudden one misplay off the middle kind of let things, uh, uh, and, and things just kind of went from there. You know, and uh, I think so far this team has looked better in that area. Yeah, and Maxwell uh, looked good when I saw him at BYU uh, and Cal made a bunch of good plays on defense. But as you mentioned, third base is hard, and you know, it was a lot of those short choppers in the yeah. infield 
you know, you have to come in, scoop it up, and fire over. And, you know, they're all tough plays, so sometimes they're not going well. I think he'll be fine as well. And he's a guy that you, you believe in as an everyday third baseman. He's athletic. I'm sure he'll figure it out. And the thing with having Alex Arrow be a DH, I mean, I'm not sure how much he'll stick with that, is if you believe in Gusenberg, it kind of solves some issues for you because a lot of the times this season, they haven't gotten a ton of production out of the DH spot. Clarko was okay the first week, and I, I still think he's got a, a bright future this season even, but they just haven't been getting great production from the bottom of their lineup where the DH guy usually hits. And I think you might be better suited having a platoon there because Willie Bourbon is not, a, uh, at first I should say, because Willie Bourbon is not a great hitter against lefties. He's just not, I, I don't have the official splits in front of me, but I mean, you could see it this weekend. He It's not that he looks lost against lefties, but any lefty hitter, especially lefty power hitters, it's really tough to handle that lefty pitcher, especially one coming from uh, a three-quarters angle or sidearm angle. So I think it makes a lot of sense to put a guy like Calarco, a switch hitter, in there at first uh, against lefty pitchers. He's a solid a solid first base defender. At least he looks solid uh, in the game he played at first base. Uh, and leave Bourbon in there against righties. I mean, that doesn't have to be a thing you stick to fully. But I certainly like that as a platoon option where you can stick Arrow in there at DH. And yeah. then you got kind of a three-way platoon going. you got two switch hitters in there. You can do a lot of different stuff with those three guys kind of rotating. I mean, yeah. obviously you don't want to play Arrow at first. That's yeah. literally the one guy on the team that you don't want playing first. He's the only guy under six feet. Right. But uh, but you've got a lot of options if you stick with that. You can even put Gusenberg in there at DH a couple times. you got a couple other capable hitters down there. You can move things around a lot more if Gusenberg can play a competent or a more than competent second, and he looks really good, like I said. Yeah, he looks the part. Um, you know, 15 at-bats, 5 hits, good production so far. 4 and, for 9 in that series, yeah. Yeah, he was great. And then, you know, the Dunn brothers both are looking really good. Uh, I don't know their splits for the weekend, but they're both hitting over 380 right now. They're kind of, as you said, Noah, to kind of offhand to me. Right now, Northwestern, it feels like they have a handful of good players on offense and everyone else is kind of catching up. And really, if you're even counting Gusenberg, then it's four. If not, then it's really the Dunn brothers and Alex Arrow have only have really only been the, the, the productive players in the lineup. Yeah, so, I mean... We didn't really do stock down, I guess. So yeah. my bad. On and that, I wanna, and I, we don't want to rag on people yeah, too much. Yeah, it's not. But. It's not that guys. Look, I saw a lot of hard hit balls in that series. A lot of them didn't fall in. There were guys like Casey Laughlin had a, and Charlie Maxwell both had uniquely tough weekends at the plate in terms of just crushing balls and getting unlucky. Maxwell had two flyouts to the warning track couple line drives foul. O'Loughlin had in the first game that home run yeah, that, was that was called foul. foul. And let me tell you. Northwestern players thought it was fair. I thought it was fair. And the Georgia Tech TV crew told me they thought it was fair. Right. They said they looked at the review, thought it was fair, and were surprised that the umpires didn't change yeah. the call. So I will just say that. And then on that same at-bat, Olafson flied out to the track, had a couple other hard-hit balls that didn't fall in. So a lot of the guys, even though the averages don't look great, I mean, Maxwell isn't getting on base the way you'd like your third baseman to. But, again, he's hitting the ball on the nose. He's yeah. seeing pitches. They'll fall in, yeah. you know? And Willie Bourbon, even though he's hitting just 194, his on-base percentage exactly. is still a tick above 400. Look at the 400. OPS. Look at the OPS. Yeah, and he's yeah he's doing all right. So I think Northwestern's offense is in an okay spot. They need a little more production, a little more consistency. But through three weekends, uh, I think there's nothing to be concerned about and yeah. room for growth. Pitching staff, again, Quinn has been awesome. Hank threw two good starts. I think this, you know, fair to say, wasn't a good yeah. start for and him. Yeah, and two but, good innings. Three yeah. good innings. I mean... Two, three good innings, and then it just yeah. things fall and apart. Then, and then the whole and you know what, Kyle McCann is the type of guy that can ruin oh, your yeah. stat line. You know, yeah. he's just a power hitter, and he Hank is a guy that you know he 
he, he can be susceptible to the long ball a little bit. But power hitters, power hitters will catch you sometimes because Northwestern doesn't have that overpowering guy in the starting rotation. Yeah, I think Hank will be frustrated. His ERA has dropped uh, above, dropped. It's increased to above five. But you know, I still think three weeks in, he remains a very solid, reliable guy on Friday night. Now the question is, can they find that Saturday starter? Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, Bader battled. He yeah. battled through three and a third. And um, he didn't pitch poorly, but the control is just not there for him. And it's not just the walks. You know, the control in the zone, he's just making a good amount of mistakes that are getting hit hard. He has put away stuff when he gets to two strikes. It's just a question about getting there. And he doesn't get there too often, or at least hasn't so far. I mean, we see the potential in him, clearly. He has yeah. the potential. He has the ability. It's just getting that control down. And sometimes you just never can fully get it down over a season or over a couple of starts. So, I mean, I like giving him an opportunity there. I like giving him the chance um, to see what he can do in that lefty in that out of that lefty uh, arm slot against McCann. He pitched he pitched fine against McCann. You know, yeah. he walked him, but and he gave up a hit I think to him. But he didn't he didn't make any big mistakes because that that lefty lefty matchup was good. It's just Northwestern doesn't have a, any consistent second guy. There's not a consistent second guy there, and I don't see a consistent one cropping up in the future. You yeah. know, out of your out of your veteran relievers. Okay. You got Sam That's Lawrence. That's who you're looking who, at. Who they, Sam Lawrence. They did and it didn't. He was good in his first start, but I don't think he's there. He's they been moved. inconsistent his whole career. You know, he's yeah. had he's had spots of where he's really been. He's really had success, and again, a guy who has some of the stuff out of that left-handed arm slot, but he's not. He's he's first of all, he's never been a long innings guy for yeah. at least a. At I, least don't, a I think he's. I think guy. his best role is a bullpen guy. Yeah. Like yeah. what he was as a freshman year. And, one to two innings max, and he, he could really be good there. We didn't get to see him this weekend. Didn't get to see him this weekend. Um, unfortunate for me, I was looking forward to it, but yeah. yeah. I think part of it is they needed a close game. They had one close game, and Quinn was so good, he threw didn't seven, and else. Nick yep. could throw two. So. And I like that. I like that. They should have been short throw two more often. And then So other relief guys. Katz is obviously not a guy you're going to look at to start. The arm angle thing makes it tough. I mean, that's just not a typical starting role right there. I'm, I'm just talking about in terms of veteran relievers. I mean, Levy... A sh- another short inning guy, not a guy that you would expect to get dragged out really at all. And then that's kind of it in terms of your yeah. veteran relievers you can really rely on. I mean, Gannon hasn't pitched too much in his career, especially not in the close game situations. So you're kind of grasping at, tra- at straws in terms of who you want to throw in there, and you might be forced to take a look at a first year coming up here soon. Yeah, maybe Parker Hanks. We, we speculated about it. He was... Had a tough outing. Had a tough outing. Yeah. Uh, I think what was frustrating is that... What was I going to say? Is that... um. The, the 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 senior guys like you know Katz and Gannon and, and Levy have all been successful in small roles before, but just in a start it's tough to get someone that's yeah. going to go five. So I think Northwestern's best approach is going to be, you know, three innings from from yeah a few throw guys. Nick Holly in there obviously another yeah. another guy who's had some success in short yeah. in short innings yeah yeah and Matt Gannon started his freshman year in Big Ten play and was uh, was fine he was serviceable. But he still hasn't looked the part of a consistent every weekend starter. So, big question for Northwestern is who they can start on Saturday. Let's run through these three games very, very quickly. Um, I'll just ask you, know, a big takeaway from Game One: Northwestern lost twelve one. Obviously frustrating. What, what do you What do you think? Just pitchers letting things snowball. Uh, with Hank, you can't really blame him when when you what you what you can't do is load the bases for Kyle McCann. He 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 put it does hasn't put guys on very much at all through his career and especially not this year. He put at least one guy on in that inning via free pass. You can't do that ahead of a hitter like Kyle McCann. You just cannot yeah. do that. And that was the big mistake. And then from there, the bullpen guys just let things snowball. Hanks 
let things snowball on him. Uh, and th- and those were the, the those were the big issues in terms of pitching. And then something that Coach Allen told me after the game, you know, first three innings Northwestern had guys in scoring position every inning, didn't make something happen. Got to get those hits early in the game with guys in scoring position. Just about always. I mean, you can attest to this as a guy who's watched a lot of baseball, Matt. That comes back to bite you late in games. If yeah. you don't get those guys in early on, it's really tough unless you have a phenomenal pitching outing, which is what the North, which is what Northwestern then had in Game Three. It's gonna come back to bite you. Yeah, I think we've seen that problem not only for Northwestern uh, this series, but earlier in the season against BYU, they left guys on. You know, last year they left guys on. It's always a problem, and I think every team struggles with it. But for Northwestern, it feels magnified that they just don't capitalize with runners in scoring position because they don't hit for a lot of power. Yeah. A team that needs to string together uh, some walks, some errant pitches, some singles, and it's tough to do that to, to manufacture runs. So someone's got to step up for power. They've got to find it. Game two for Northwestern, uh, they lost 9-2, and they were leading 2-1, uh, and then it was 3-2 in the fourth, and then Georgia Tech slowly, slowly piled on, and then it was kind of out of hand. Yeah, this one's the story of the pen right here. Uh, I mean, so Northwestern, quick hook, on, on Ryan Bader, which I think was the right call from yeah. Coach Reynolds and Coach Allen when yeah. the game was still in, you know, 3-2. to two, yeah. when, when he came out, you put in a guy who you have confidence in to clean up a jam in Anthony Lepra, and he got the job done. He cleaned yeah. up the jam. Northwestern got out of there, only down 3-2. You've already scored two runs in the game. You're feeling pretty good about things at that point. Yeah. From there, you put in a guy like Jack Pagliarini, who you expect to get the job done there, and an error from Charlie Maxwell hurt him. Uh, yeah. couple of miss, a couple of misplays in the infield hurt him, and then hits from there. So it's it's a, it was a combination, kind of a perfect combination there. Pagliarini didn't pitch his best, didn't have his best stuff in terms of control, walked a couple too many guys, got behind in the count a couple too many times, walked two, hit one, and only striking out one and two and a third. And at the same time, Northwestern's defense did not do a good enough job. This was the one time all series when I really felt like the defense let the team down. One error from Maxwell at an unearned run score, um, uh, on a sack bunch when he tried to make a play that he didn't have, and, just, and, and things from there, just a couple of slight missed opportunities on the defensive end, and things kind of snowballed. And after that kind of segment of Pagliarini's pitching, when you come out of the sixth and all of a sudden you're down six to two, it's tough from there. Yeah. It's tough from there. Yeah. Northwestern's offense also slow to get going here. Two runs in game one, two runs in game two. But game three, hey, they beat Georgia Tech. They they leave Atlanta on a high note. You know, Quinn Lavelle was great. We talked about that. Nick Pachorik was great. And the offense puts up five runs. So... Clarko and Gusenberg, the two freshmen, really spearheading the stuff here. I think this is a complete start to finish. Awesome game for the Wildcats. Yeah, this is one of those where uh, where you feel you feel pretty good about getting out with a win. I mean, Herder came out there and just that curveball <laughs> was was just destroying Northwestern, and it, it's easy to see why. Strikeouts. I mean, this is a dude who just threw five innings, one earned run, no walk, seven Ks against UCLA. It's yeah. one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. If you can go out there and do that, a guy who struggled last year, but the stuff is there, top 200 recruit in the country, um, if, if you can do that to UCLA, there's no reason he can't do it to Northwestern, and he did. I mean, just uh, we, uh, we saw a couple of great plays in the early innings by the Cats. Two yeah. bunt singles, both really good decisions. Casey O'Laughlin with a shift out against him, not a speedy guy, gets the bunt down, puts himself in scoring position with a stolen base, really heady play. Wildcats couldn't quite capitalize. Jack Dunn pushes a bunt, gets himself in there. Again, giving this Wildcats a chance to score, couldn't quite capitalize. Now, those aren't, those aren't premium premium scoring chances, but you got to manufacture chances against a guy like Herter when he's on, and the Wildcats found a way to do that, even though he struck out 13 through 7. So that was impressive to me against a guy who absolutely had his best stuff, locating a devastating curveball and got the fastball where he wanted it. 
really impressive to even get scoring chances against that guy. And then to capitalize against a, a bullpen that isn't that bad. You know, you go in there against a guy who's who hasn't who's had allowed one hit, one base runner all season. All right, and immediately you load the bases. That was against the first reliever. I can't I can't quite Gibson. remember. Yeah, Gibson came in one base runner allowed in five and a third innings. Wildcats yeah. came in and loaded the bases against him. Then they bring in the closer, Tristan English, back to back doubles, bang. Yeah. Really impressive stuff to do it against their best relievers. It's not like they just brought in some schmucks. So that's that's great to see. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So big win for Northwestern. They leave Georgia Tech four and six. They're under five hundred, but through three weekends, I think the theme is they're just a few plays away. Obviously not this series a few plays away, but you know Generally. Nineteenth in RPI, man. Yeah, they're the Wildcats, as and we there's said. There's a reason. They're nineteenth in RPI, which is ridiculous, but it's because their strength of schedule. They're playing is so good, teams. good. They're testing themselves. Yeah, you know? It's been a great schedule for them. BYU, Cal, Duke, Georgia Tech. All teams that uh, have a legitimate cha- chance at the NCAA tournament. And, every, Maybe, and they've beaten every team. Yeah, they've beaten every team once. So for them, I think it's putting together a complete weekend. And to me, that looks like in individual games, can we put together three, four innings at a time where we play clean baseball. I think for Northwestern, you know, the frustrating thing of being a Wildcats baseball fan isn't that, you know, sometimes they lose games. Every team loses games. But it's when those they just have those ugly innings where it gets away yeah. from them. And it happened at Duke, 23-day. It happened at Georgia Tech. And, you know, it's frustrating. And then they, they can never seem to respond. But they're getting closer, right? And this is the team that has some talent to be better than previous iterations. So they're going to find a way. And you hope is you cut down on those those scary big innings and you play enough close games. You know, I think, yeah. you know, again, this is a team that's super, super deep. But they've got guys. So you play enough close games, you make enough winning plays. At 4-6, and six, I think this is okay to be through 10 games. Now they've got, you know, Missouri, a team that I think this is the first series this season. I, I know this might be unfair to say to the Wildcats, but first series you might expect them to win, you know, two out of three. Yeah, um, I don't think that's unfair. I mean, this yeah. is a Missouri team that hasn't played the best, you know. They've played three, four series, I think, or three series in an extra game maybe. Six and five, right? Yeah, so they six played and five. Three series in an extra game, I think. or maybe They, they played two series and then four games. Okay, so yeah. two series and two doubleheaders, basically. Or six, or, five, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, all, and none of those games have been against a top team. Nope. We haven't seen a single game against a team that's the caliber of Duke. They haven't played a single team that yeah. good, and they've lost half of their games. Yeah, you know, they spread they, those losses out pretty evenly. So this is a Missouri team, and all those games have been close. Even their wins have been close. They're not blowing anybody out. Uh, they're playing close games, and if Northwestern can get in to three close games, there's no reason that they shouldn't get be able to get into three close games at least, or maybe blow them out once, uh, given the, the, the way Missouri's played earlier this year. And if you get into three close games with a guy like Pachorik as your closer, who's better than most closers you're going to face, with with some clutch, some timely hitting, some, some experienced hitters in the top of your lineup who you can expect to get some timely hits, Northwestern should be able to win two out of three close games or one out of two close games and blow this team out. I think I think it's safe to say that less than two out of three is a disappointment this week. Certainly. Yeah. They had a game against Kansas State, who I don't know if Kansas State is that good, but it was supposed to be a, a, at least a Power 5 team. Um, I'm going to try to find Missouri's notes here and tell you a little bit about them. But stats-wise, you know, they're, they're guys that start. Um, Tyler LaPlante, a 3-6 excuse me, ERA 15 innings pitch, 12 strikeouts. Um, Jacob Candleberry, 16 and two-thirds, 27 strikeouts. That guy's really strong uh, on the mound as a starter. And then we'll probably, 
I think we'll see uh, TJ Sakema. Uh, four appearances, two starts, 12 and two-thirds, 19 strikeouts. So this is another staff that strikes out a lot of their batter's face. Duke was like that. Georgia Tech, I don't think, was a, a lot like that, but you did see Herter um, have his way with the Wildcat well, and, lineup. Well, and and and, uh, and and the first star Perry, he had some uh, he had some some put away stuff as well. Right. Um, so not crazy in terms of strikeouts, but they certainly had guys who could get you. And the thing, you know, I mean, like you said, Candleberry, that's going to be a tough a tough ask for this team to to face a guy like him. We're not exactly sure who Missouri is going to throw at Northwestern, given that they've had all these midweek games. They've started six different guys already, uh, or five different guys already this season. No, I was right with six. Never should have done yeah. myself. Anyway, so You're you good. so you, you can't be exactly sure um, which of those guys are going to come out in a in a dedicated series with. But like you said, Candleberry, this guy you got to watch for. Twenty seven strikeouts, two runs in sixteen and two thirds. Certainly expect him to be one of the guys, and everybody else in their pitching staff. Looks solid. Sakema's been good uh, with the with the strikeouts, but there's there's not a ton of other overpowering guys. Yeah, this is a team that has 11 transfers. Um, a new team uh, completely here for for the Tigers. And if you give me a second, I'll tell you how they did last year. Uh, they were 34 and 22, which is solid in the SEC, but it's tough, you know, in conference in one of the best conferences. They went 12 and 18. So. Respectable. They're a completely new team this year. Um, outfielder Cameron Misner is a second-team All-America selection, and he's yeah he's he's looking fantastic this yeah, season. Yeah, he's hitting. He was hitting above four hundred. I yeah, think four hundred five, eleven thirty-two OPS, seven for seven stolen bases. Yeah, so that's so the guy to watch. Obviously, that's the guy to watch. That's a legit prospect on this team, and this is another team. Look, we've seen it with Georgia Tech. Didn't see it quite as much with Duke, and we know it's been the case in Northwestern at least to start this season. Pretty top-heavy group. Yeah. You look at these batters. There's a couple guys that are hitting really well. Misner's one. Chris Cornelius is another. Has really yep. uh, been been smoking the ball. Tony Ortiz, um, and then Mark Vierling and Chad McDaniel have both been solid. Every other, uh, the the four other regulars are hitting below 225. Yeah. So it's another so, team where you got to get through that top of the lineup. The top yeah. of the lineup is the part that's going to kill you. That was the case against Georgia Tech and Northwestern. Walked a, a couple too many guys in the bottom of the order. Let those guys get on by infield hits. Uh, crappy little hits in the first couple games, and that's what got them into trouble in those first two games. That's going to be the key, I think, against a team like Missouri as well, is if Misner hurts you, you know, if he gets a run or two, kind of manufactures some stuff for himself, Cornelius does that, that happens. Can't let the bottom of the order guys hurt you. Yep. Um, I think their closer is Cameron Dole. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Um, Seven innings pitched, no earned runs, one run allowed, ten strikeouts. Seems pretty good. Um, well, we'll see. Only how, the one save works. though. They, yeah, gave the the other, save. they gave Sakema the other one. So. Yeah, and so, well, again, so, we don't really know what we're going to see from this team because they moved things around early on. Yeah, they we have. know that Cancelberry is going to be a starter. Yeah, that's the thing we know. Yeah, so an interesting team. I think again, as you said, no, this is the first one. I think it'd be disappointing not to come away with two wins here uh, against the Tigers. Um, closing thoughts for you as we wrap up here, rounding the bases. You know, what what are you expecting this weekend? And maybe give me two guys you want to to see really step up for the Wildcats. Like I said, I'm expecting two out of three. Uh, I'm really expecting Quinn Lavelle to keep things going. I think he's been really impressive so far. One thing he really impressed me with against Georgia Tech was how whenever he fell behind, he'd catch up right away. It felt like he never got into 2-0 or 3-1 counts. I think I remember one time all game 
and he faced a lot of hitters in that game. I think he faced 27 guys, and one out of those 27 guys, he got to a 2-0 or a 3-1 count. So that's really impressive stuff, and that's what I expect him to see from him again. Not fall behind guys, not put guys on for free. Expect Hank to have a bounce-back start. Christie got to do a little bit better for him. And then in terms of hitters, you know, I want I, you want to see a couple bottom-of-the-lineup guys some of those corner yeah, outfields. I'd love to see Ben Dickey come back. He was great I would in the like first to see weekend. O'Loughlin, Kaplan, or Dickey. I just yeah. want to see one of those three guys have a breakthrough series. If yeah. one of those three guys gets hot, strings a couple of hits together, all of a sudden this team is looking good. David Dunn cannot be the only offensive contributor out of that outfield. It can't right. happen like that. So I don't care which one of those three guys it is. Obviously, those three guys are all very different hitters. O'Loughlin's a power guy. Kaplan's a singles and doubles guy. And Dickey's a speed guy who hopefully gets yeah. some singles for you as well. Hits around, you know, you'd hope to, hit, hope to have him hit in the upper 200s with some walks. Yeah. So those are all three different hitters. All you need is for one of them to get going. All of a sudden, this lineup looks a lot more dangerous top to bottom. And by that same token, want a catcher to get going as well. Troutwine has had a solid start to the season as a catcher. He's been okay. We'll like to see him hit the ball a little bit better. Um, saw Jack Kelly get his first hit of the season last week. Um, Anderson got some playing time as well. Want to see one of those three guys step up? Probably going to have to be Troutwine. He seems like the guy offensively and, and hit a little bit better because that's a big hole in the lineup, obviously, in Jack Clay's that the Wildcats are trying to replace. So if you get better production out of those two spots, um, and obviously the Duns and Arrow, you want them to continue to stay hot, although probably un, uh, unreasonable to expect them to be as hot as they've been to start the season, especially the Duns. Um, if you get those three to stay uh, pretty solid hitting-wise and a couple of more contributors in the rest of this lineup, all of a sudden this Wildcat lineup is looking really nasty. Yeah, for me, I, I think I would echo all of that. I'd like to see Northwestern get some leads and yeah, see, that's um, a good that's a good point. Want to get some early leads? Yeah, for some sure. early leads and then see if Sam Lawrence can be effective out of the pen. Hope Nick Petrarch, as we mentioned, continues it and and you know, Leaper, Jack, hopefully as well. Elite Burn Paglarini. They've been two of the first guys out of the pen and they haven't been up to what it's they, been mixed. It's been mixed. Yeah, it's been mixed and you know want to see some consistency there for yeah. sure. So love for the Wildcats to get early leads for the bullpen to hold it down. Just give me. Two good games of clean baseball, and I think if you play clean baseball, you win. Uh, I think that's pretty much it here for the Wildcats. Um, they're going to have all three games uh, on air on WNUR Sports. or Excuse me, not on air, but we'll be broadcasting them. Tim Hackett will have the call from you uh, out in Missouri this weekend. Um, first game is at 6.30 p.m. on Friday, 2 p.m. on Saturday, and 1 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, my early look at the forecast is telling me there is some rain expected on Saturday, so you never know. Could be two on Friday. We'll see what happens. If that happens, we'll obviously have that updated for you. So will the Northwestern official account. But thanks for listening to another week of Rounding the Bases, the Northwestern Baseball Podcast. Thanks to Noah Coffin for coming on this week. Some really great analysis. I'm Alex signing off. Be sure to listen this weekend. Be sure to join us again next week.